Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for bringing us to your house today, and we bow in total adoration to your name. And now, Lord, as we get to a time of listening to your word, we pray that you would indeed open the ears of our hearts, that we may hear you, Lord. Bless us for we came. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you sit down, I don't know why this Sunday school does not cooperate with the teacher. You know, in Sunday school, you only sit down after we are told, yeah? Turn to the people behind you and say, praise the Lord, nice to see you. Pretend like you're happy to see them. <laughs> Just cooperate. Nice. Nice. Now you may have your seats. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I have done over the last six months when I have been in the cathedral is to actually talk to people. If I have not talked to you, it's because I don't have your number. But I'm looking for it. So I'm coming for you. And one of the common things is that people don't know each other. Let's know each other in the name of God. Amen? Amen. Today I feel like I'm in Form 1. I woke up in the morning and I was like, I thought I got used to preaching at the cathedral. But it's not very easy. So the Lord has called us to shine our light in the year 2020. Now, having grown up in an Anglican priest household, I grew up largely exposed to church music, hymns, choruses, and spiritual songs. The only other music that competed with the church music were patriotic songs. Harambe, harambe, tu, you know? Wengi wauliza, tutai jenga. So when Shiko and I got married, it did not take long for her to discover that her brand new husband was very romantic in a spiritually patriotic way. <laughs> that the only way he could express love to her musically was through a worship chorus or through allegiance to the country. Now, being the wise girl that she is, she decided to teach me, to teach her brand new husband uh, some life skills. So she decided to teach me some music that I could sing to her without closing my eyes or raising the flag. So in our honeymoon, she sang for me the best song that I had ever been sung for. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy. Guys, don't sing your church. I am the one who is preaching. You make me happy where skies are gray. You never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine. I wish the promise was here. <laughs> Beloved of the Lord, I had been called many things under the sun. I had never been called sunshine. I was feeling hot. I was feeling bright. I wanted to shine for my brand new wife. I wanted to like watch her too. 
You know, this year when the Lord calls on us to shine our light, I want to suggest to the ladies in this house, look for a song with a source of light in it and sing for the man in your life. You can call them anything. You are my street light. You are my kawatera. <laughs> eh? Tell them you are my reshiga. Call them anything. But don't use sun. Sun has been taken by Shiko. <laughs> that one is patented and we shall sue. But when Jesus calls us to shine our light, I want to propose to us this morning that he's not being romantic with us. He's not... He's not teaching us life skills. He's not, he's not being mashi-mashi uh, with us. He's giving us an instruction. He's giving us a direction. He's commanding all of us who follow him. And when the command comes from the headquarters, it does not change until another one comes. And the command still remains. We must shine our light. Now, but let us think a little bit deeper. Let us think about this light. Why? Because when the Lord commands us to shine, he is commanding all of his followers, those who are educated and those who are not, those who are healthy and those who are not, those who are rich and those who are not, those who are employed and those who are not. He is calling on all of us. The command is for everyone that follows him. So, what, what is this thing that he is asking us to do? You know, the Lord will never commission for that which he has not made a provision. It is not possible for him to mandate us, to command us to be light that shines if he has not made a provision for us to shine. So, why don't we do this? Let's go to the beginning. In the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, I want us to go back to Sunday school. I am sure we all know what happened. Studio in Sunday school, we don't have these cameras, so don't project Genesis 1. Let's go together. In the beginning, we know that God created. What did God create on the first day? Ah, just <laughs> show like you go for BSF, you know, yeah? Even pretend like you're, you know, yeah? What did God pretend, uh, no, what did God create on the first day? The Lord created light. That was the only thing that was created on the first day. And then he separated the light and the darkness. Light he called day, and darkness he called night. There was evening and there was morning, and that was the first day. On the second day, what did God create? He created an expanse between the waters below and the waters above. And that expanse he called sky. And that was, there was evening and there was morning and that was the second day. What did God create on the third day? Tell your neighbor. If your neighbor doesn't know, tell them Sunday school next Sunday. Now, on the third day, he separated dry land from the waters. The dry land, he, the dry land he called land, earth. The waters he called the seas. On the same day, he commanded that vegetation 
and trees of all you know, seed-bearing fruits to actually sprout from the dry earth. And there was evening and there was morning, and that was the third day. On the fourth day, God created the heavenly bodies. He created the sun, the moon, and the stars. He gave the sun charge over the day and the moon charge over the night. Let me stop there and go back. What did God create on the first day? <laughs> Light. What did God create on the, on the fourth day? The sun, the moon. My brothers and sisters, do you see it? Whatever was created on the first day was not a function of the sun or of the moon. The light that God is asking us to shine is not light that is a function of what has been created. It is the light that only he provides. He calls us the light of the world. He is not calling us sunshine. That is for Shiko. Neither street light. That is for your wife. <laughs> he is calling us the light of the world. Whatever was created on day one was not a function of how much money you have. It is not a function of how educated you are. It is not a function of the kind of sermon that I preach. It is not a function of anything created. Whatever the Lord created on the one was light that comes from him. And John the Revelator, in the book of Revelations, chapter, 20, chapter 21, verses 23, he gives an account of how one of the seven angels came for him. And what did he do? He took him to a city, the New Jerusalem. And the New Jerusalem was glorious. It had splendor. There was nothing like that had ever been that he had ever seen. It was a beautiful city, full of light. And then in verse 23, he makes a unique discovery that even though this place is so much full of light, there was neither moon nor the sun. The glory of God was the light of the new Jerusalem. What God is calling us to do is to shine his glory. And that glory is not a function of things that we have. That glory can only come from him. The call this year is really for us to walk in obedience to God. He is asking us to shine his light, not ours. He is not asking us to shine with good sermons for us who are clergy or with acts of philanthropy, even though those are important, or political maneuvers, even though they could land you somewhere. What the Lord is calling us to do this year is to throw away anything that hinders his glory from the light of his glory from bouncing on me to reflect to the world. That is what he's asking us to do. Now, equally, the darkness that God is talking about is not a function of the lack of electricity or a function of the lack of the sun. 
It is darkness that comes from being separated from God. And the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8, he tells us that for you are once darkness, not in darkness. You are darkness. I was darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Anything that I have, anything that I am, is a function of what God has done in me. Anything that you are, anything that you have, is a function of what God has done in you. The light that Jesus is calling us to shine is the light that comes from his glory, his presence. I want this light. I want to shine for Shiko, yes? But I also want to shine for God. Because the call is not for me to shine to my household alone. It is to shine to the world. I want this light. Now, we hear you, Uncle Paul. So, what is the need for us? We shine then what? Which reminds me of an encounter I had with our mother. Our mother is a policewoman. I don't know that she's still in the force. What happened is, before um, Outer Ring Road was expanded into the super highway that it is today, it used to be a very... Did anyone ever experience Outer Ring Road? It was a bad road. We, I mean, like a 15-kilometer stretch could even take you two, three hours. So one day, I was caught up in one of those bad traffic snarl-ups. And so I decided to talk on phone. My mother was patrolling, and she found me talking on phone. So I tried to throw the phone, <laughs> but my mother knew her trade. So she came and told me, you are talking on phone, uh, you're causing obstruction. I told her, my mother, no, 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 no. I have been on this spot for the last 15 minutes. I'm not, she said, it doesn't matter. So just open your car, and she got into the car, and she told me, drive. I told her, we can't drive. You know, she told me, no, overlap, you have the crown. So we overlapped and went to the Boruburu police station. I pleaded with our mother, please forgive me, forgive me. Our mother refused. And then she asked me, what is the need for me? You want me to forgive you? What do you want to give me? I told our mother, our mother, I am a Sunday school teacher. I don't do bad manners. Yeah? <laughs> Today is Saturday. How can I bribe you? And then I go and stand in front of children tomorrow. And she said, what nonsense. She told me, I am a PCA elder in PCA Kasarani. <laughs> My brothers and sisters, when you have a PCA elder and a Sunday school teacher, <laughs> eh? exchanging lights, and what is coming out of that light is not exponential. You want to ask yourself, what is the need for you? So the question that we ask is, what is the need for us to shine the light of God? Now, the way you are looking at me, I know you want to know what happened. <laughs> you invite me to your house. I will shed more light as we talk about the CTC. Hallelujah. 
What is in it for us? Everything. 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 You know, our Lord Jesus was present at creation. He knew that it is true. Everything was created in the background of light. Without light, there is nothing created that was, not cre that was created. What is in it for you? What is in it for me? Everything. 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 It is interesting that even though vegetation was created on the third day when there was no light, for vegetation to sprout and grow, this light system had to be put in place. My brothers and sisters, we have grown up assuming the light of the gospel. But the Apostle Paul says that this gospel is the power of God. He's not just asking us to shine in philanthropy. He's asking us, connect yourself with me. I will shine in you. The world will see. And the world will not praise you. Glory will go back to who? To God. Many of us are shining. And in fact, as I prepared for the sermon today, I was asking, Lord, I pray that everyone who listens to me today will see you, not me. Why? Because when you see me, you will sooner or later forget. But when you have an experience with God and he shows you the light of his glory, the world around you will lift up their hands and say, indeed, today we have seen the Lord. Genesis chapter 26 gives us a story of the son of Abraham. What was the name of the son of Abraham? He had two. Yeah, that's how you reply in Sunday school, yeah? You don't just answer like that, yeah? You could make a mistake. Yeah, it's good to consult. <laughs> he had two. But the one, the promised son was actually called Isaac. And we know the story of Isaac in Genesis chapter 26. How he went to this country and the king of the country was called Abimelech. And during his stay there, the Bible says there was famine. There was drought. But the Bible also tells us that during that drought, Isaac planted. And guess what? He harvested a hundredfold. Now, when the kingdom or the people of the kingdom, including the king, saw that, they perceived that he had the favor of God. This is the thing that I would want us to focus on today, my brothers and sisters. The most important thing that we can inherit is God's favor. The most important thing that we can give to our children is the light of God. Abraham was a wealthy man, but in the presence of drought, livestock would have been wiped out. All the stocks that he had left behind for his children, his son Isaac, would have been wiped out. But when Isaac is doing things in the light of God, even when there is famine, when there is drought, when nothing else is growing, one man's farm 
prospers. Why? He walks in the light of God. My dad and my mom told me that the most important thing they can give me and my siblings is education. And it is true. But half truth. It is very, very important. Very important because if I was not educated, I would not be able to stand here. I hope you have never suspected I'm not educated. <laughs> yeah, I am very educated. Okay, not very, but uh, significantly. So education is very important, but it is not the most important. God appeared to Abraham. He told him, I will shine my light through you. I will make you and your descendants many. You will fill the earth. The only evidence that he showed him that it was going to fulfill that word, he took him for a walk. And he told him, look at the stars. How many are they? And he says, I can't count them. Your descendants will be as many as them. His wife did not have a child. And the story continues until he's 99 years old. And the only thing that Abraham had for himself as evidence was the sky. I find myself in Abraham's shoes. God has called us to reach out to a billion children. What do I have to show? It's just a conviction that he gave me. And this morning, I want to challenge every one of us seated in this cathedral. The Lord has placed us on a platform to cause revival. Shine your light. Shine your light. And the light we are asking you to shine is not your position, even though we might use it. It's not your money, even though we need it. It is not your net... No, we need your networks. It is not your networks, even though we need them. We need every one of us believers to fall on our knees, cry out to the Lord that he would remove all the barriers that prevents the light of his glory from shining on our lives so that when people pass by the cathedral, they will know this as a place of the God who is worshipped and causes there to be a revolution in a country. Jesus causes the light of the world. He calls me light of the world. He calls you light of the world. Why then don't you stand up and shine? But then quickly remember, if the light is dependent on the things that you have, it will shine just for a while. And then after that, it will fizzle out. Even if it was money, when, how much do you have? If it is education, you can only be a professor in one field. Well, if you're very good, maybe two. Okay, even three. But there are so many things too. If you're a pastor, how many, can, how many sermons can you preach in a year? What the Lord is calling us is a supernatural light. A light that comes from his throne. I want to call every one of us to a time of prayer, into a time of fasting. Refuse to accept 
to be anything else other than the sun that shines from the throne of God. Refuse to accept the accolades of people and men who tell you that you're a nice guy. God is not calling us to be nice. By the way, being nice is a problem. You know, in our country, we have a nice president. He's a nice guy. But corruption is killing us. We don't need nice people. We need people who have got the power of God to shine in the darkest pit. Only God's light can dispel the kind of anarchy that we are in as a country. One of the most painful things that I experience as a clergy is to go and pray with people, as a, with a family, as they actually go to take their loved ones to India. And I, I bet there is no clergy in this city who has not had an encounter of going to pray with a family as they take a loved one to India for medical purposes. Let me tell you what pains me. Kenya is 80% Christian. India is 80% Hindu. The other 14% is Muslim. 94% Hindu and Muslim. We are 80% Christian. Who should, be sending, who should be sending patients to the other? Okay, tell your neighbor. Who, who should be sending to the, clients to the other? We need light. We need light. It is not strategic plans. We need light from the throne of God. We need light. Shine your light. Seek God when he can be found. When we are darkness, this country is in limbo. This country does not have solutions unless we shine our light. And that's why I want to call on every man, every woman listening to me. We must teach our children to value the light of God. When you think of CTC, the Children and Teen Center, think of a place where we shall put together resources to be able to disseminate the light of Christ into the hearts of children, then these children will know of a God who made Isaac to harvest a hundredfold, even when there was famine. Shine your light. Shine your light. Let me end with a story. This one, I got it from one of the people who we had a conversation with. His name is George. And I asked him whether I could share the story, and he said yes. George is a son of the founder of Tusky's Supermarket. Now that's where you say, oh, yeah. So I went to visit him in his office, and he gave me a story about his father, Kamau. George's dad, the founder of Tusky's supermarket, 
never saw the inside of a classroom. He was employed someplace in Akuru, and then he bought a farm somewhere in Rongai. Not the Rongai, the one for Nairobi, the Rongai, the one for Nakuru. So he built his home there, but he used to work in Nakuru town. Over the weekends, he would go back home. Then he discovered that the area around which he had built, people were not going to church. He was an Anglican. He was an Anglican. Actually, he was a lay reader. Yeah. <laughs> if you have never aspired to be a lay reader, go ahead. You could end up owning a supermarket. So he was a lay reader. So he discovered that people were not coming to church. So what he would do is, on Friday night, on Friday evening, as he was coming from Nakuru, he would do a big shopping. He would buy flour, sugar, tea leaves, and then he would go with them to Rongai. On Saturday, he would pack those things into small paper bags, and then he would go with them to church. Every family that came to church walked away with a paper bag. Now that is what you call strategy. When George told me that story, I said, George, do you realize what your father was doing? He was actually prophesying into his life that in the same way people would walk out of church with paper bags. Heaven was endorsing that one day people will walk out of this man's establishments with many paper bags for a profit. Shine your light. This light is the light of the kingdom. It is a light that we hand over to our children. Isaac was blessed on account of his father Abraham. What about your children? What about my children? What light am I bequeathing them? What light am I shining into their lives? If it is the light of property, well and good, they will be better off than I was. If it is the light of education, well and good, they will get a better job. If it is the light that comes from the throne of God, they are limitless. They will prosper in foreign lands. They will profess the God of their salvation, the God of their parents, who came through for them and showed the light to the world. My brothers and sisters, shine your light. And as I say this to you, I also say to myself, Uncle Paul, shine your light. How will you shine your light? The light of the world has stepped into darkness. His name is Jesus. By accepting him to take over the throne room of your heart. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we desire to shine our light. We live in a country where we almost seem to be submerged by darkness and evil. You call us to shine our light. Your word tells us in James chapter 5, verse 17, that Elijah was a man like us. He prayed, and for three and a half years, there was no rain in Israel. Then he prayed again, and it rained. The man Elijah, 
who was just like us. He shared your light to a country. Father, we are many, yet darkness hovers over us. Help us to shine our light, Lord. Rebuke the devourer who comes to stand on the way for us to be unable to reflect the light of your glory. Father, shine your light. We plead with you, Lord, shine, our, shine your light through us. Our children look at us. We want to shine so that they can be able to see you, Lord. We want to prophesy into their lives. We want to prophesy into our nation. We want to change. We want, we want you, Lord, shine your light. Shine your light in and through our lives. And Father, as my brothers and sisters, each of them commits to shine their light, I pray that you would hear them from heaven and that you would answer them so that wherever they go, they will be bearers of your good news. Father, their light will shine. Then this cathedral will be known as a throne of God where your light shines and many are attracted. Father, we pray this believing and trusting in Jesus' name.